morning, folks. It's time for Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show about the crucial political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and the nation at large. Join us for a stimulating, thought-provoking discussion. You'll get the facts as we focus on the challenges facing everyone. Good morning, folks. Welcome to Democratic Perspective. Steve Williamson here. Uh, Karen's not with us today. She's um, greeting. She's on a Sedona Oak Creek District uh, School Board. She's greeting new teachers. They're having a meeting where they all get together and meet each other and discuss the upcoming year. Uh, so we have sitting in for, for Karen, uh, Stephen Hanks. Uh, you're from originally from New York City, right? Good old Brooklyn, New York. That's Good right. Old Brooklyn, New York. Oh. We're in the Bronx, though. I have to get my Bronx call out in. All right. All <laughs> right. So I asked Stephen to come in because Stephen has uh, come up with some really good guests for us in the future. I think there's three of them that you found. And we're always looking for new things. So, uh, folks, 52 shows a year. Uh, so we're always doing that. And um, a shout out to Karen. I hope that teachers are doing well. I think they have a very, very tough lot. So our guests today are Mick Jordal and Holly Plug, and they're both lawyers. And Mick has done a lot of constitutional stuff and rights stuff. And Holly is just like a genius lawyer. So uh, <laughs> between the two of them, uh, I'm expecting to ask maybe, you know, one or two questions. And, but uh, let's start with the we're talking about, I should say what we're talking about. We're talking about the Supreme Court decision. Um, that uh, abolishes the the protections that the Roe versus Wade developed. Um, it, that that was a precedent that lasted for 50 years. The new extremely right wing uh, majority of the court. Some of them are political far rightists, and some of them are religious far rightists. But that far right group made a decision which I think is going to bring a lot of chaos to the country. Which one do you guys want to talk first? Ollie? Sure. Good morning, everybody. Yes, chaos. That is the operative word. Since the Supreme Court passed the Dobbs decision just a couple months ago, we have 13 states that had trigger laws, meaning that on the books were laws that prohibited abortion, uh, that were stopped because of the Roe versus Wade decision in 1973, but stayed on the books. And so as soon as Roe was overturned, they became the law. And then there's litigation now in a dozen other states, including Arizona. So in Arizona, this legislature in the past year, this past session, uh, passed a bill that would ban abortion after 15 weeks. It was signed by Governor Ducey and would become a law 90 days past the uh, recess of the legislature. In the interim, we had a trigger law on the books from the, const you know, when we were first incorporated what? as a state. 1907 or yeah. something? 1901. 1901. Yeah. And, uh, and our Attorney General, Brnovich, issued an opinion that that law prevails over the recently passed legislation. It's more extreme, Holly? It bans abortions completely. 
And in fact, it, it uh, mandates a two-year minimum prison sentence for uh, you know anybody providing an abortion. They did have previously a, a one-year minimum sentence for women that went through an abortion, but that was that was repealed. But on the books currently is a 1901 law. This is before women had the right to vote. This is uh, before Native Americans on the reservation could vote. Um, this is uh, you know before when black folks. Uh Practically couldn't vote. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Yeah, there was or Latinos, on yeah. huge percentages of the population. This was basically a white male electorate deciding, making this decision in 1901. Right. And but is this going to be the law of the land? You think, Mick, or is it well, a I, later law? I, I I think it's in dispute right now. I mean, it's in uh, and in fact a. Uh, well, we have three laws that are kind of conflicting right now here in Arizona. One is the 1901 law that Brnovich says is the law which criminalizes, uh, you know, doctors who provide abortions. There's the 15-week abortion ban, which was passed in this legislature yes, this now, but it says that that enacting the 15-week law does not invalidate previous laws. So that, that it's like horrible, horrible writing. So basically they're saying the 1901 law is still good, but... If it isn't, we're doing this 15-week law. And then there's a third thing that was adopted last year, um, which is called the personhood law. And that that grants full human rights, legal rights to uh, uh, from the point of fertilization. So so basically, you know, if you give an abortion, I mean, could you be charged with uh, murder um, of this uh, fertilized egg? Um, Theoretically, yes. Theoretically, yeah. Yeah, And it has become, by the way. A campaign issue for those candidates who are running for attorney general in the election in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last week we interviewed uh, uh, Chris Mays, May- and uh, that was one of her points. One of her points is that the current attorney general has done nothing but taking these uh, grandstanding positions that'll that appeal to the Republican part of the the, the electorate. He's, he's done, according to her, she's done nothing that he should have done about about a dozen different issues. Um, mm-hmm. So there is a, you're right, there is a there is a real difference in, in who will be elected uh, attorney general of, of, of Arizona. And Maricopa County. There's a mm-hmm. huge race in Maricopa County as well and for the uh, county attorney. And it's Maricopa County where most of the action will take place. Yeah, and it's it's the it's actually the county attorneys that prosecute this type of law and and uh, an abortion law. So there are some more progressive uh, county attorneys that maybe will not enforce the law, and then it may fall to the attorney general. Um, but the attorney general is not the first one that would take on a prosecution. But this so. is going to cause chaos if nothing else. Oh, absolutely, All over and, the whole country. And and as soon as as Dobbs really was decided. Abortions basically stopped in the state of Arizona. Yeah. Stopped. Full. S- and that's part of the confusion, too. The confusion, it, it, it uh, makes the anti-abortion folks, it, they win because there's uncertainty that, uh, you know, women don't want to get an abortion or they, well, they want to get one, but they're afraid to get one in Arizona. They may have to travel. There are potential limits on travel, um, you know, coming up. So no, we're not. surrounded by states, though, that are have laws that protect abortion. One of the things that uh, there's, as I mentioned, there are 13 
states that have trigger laws, a dozen states that are in some form of litigation right now, but there's 20 states plus the District of Columbia that have laws on the books protecting the right mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. abortion, and we're surrounded by them. California, Nevada, New Mexico. So there's, there's a lot with the right to travel there people can go. Now, that doesn't say they have the resources to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, and uh, my understanding is also, from what I've been reading, appointments are really difficult to get, uh, to obtain, because these states now are the uh, sites where people are going from states that, that prohibit abortion. So right. they're so, so backed this, up. This took a... a a constitutional decision that that created a structure, right? and it was uh, the right to abortion, as it, or right to life, or whatever you want to call it. The right to abortion was never absolute, right? Right. It was always a kind of thing, as a lot of rights are, that, that graduated, so that there was a certain point in uh, the fetus's life mm -hmm. uh, where it became viable. It became by law. Then uh, abortion would, was not legal. Yeah, under under Roe. Or, is, or is, are, are, am I wrong on that? that, that no, was, no, you're right. That was true under Roe. Viability was the the key issue, and and it, it was modified to some degree with a subsequent decision. But but uh, basically, it left in the zone of privacy, which has always been the case for American families. Like we have a right to choose private or public education or educating our own kids or private consensual sexual relationships in in the home but but over the women's body bodies there was an autonomy that was protected and those are a zone of privacy that was created and there were a lot of privacy zones uh, not just around abortion but things like contraception and the most intimate parts uh, or decision making that a woman could uh, make uh, so that that is just out the window now. I, I wanted to quote from the dissenting opinion. Um, this is a Judge uh, Sotomayor said, after today, young women will come of age with fewer rights than their mothers or their grandmothers had. Um, and uh, he, and also she says the court's majority opinion says from the very moment of fertilization, a woman has no rights to speak of. We do not believe that a government controlling all private choices is compatible with a free people. Uh, so here you have this whole uh, mythology about Republicans being the party of freedom. But mm -hmm. what is really clear is they're going completely the opposite direction in terms of controlling the most intimate decisions in our lives, in our homes. They can force a pregnancy. Yeah. They can force, oh, you, yes. to, yeah. force you to have a child. Whether you want it or well, or not, right? Correct. It it shifts the power to the the state of making that decision, takes it from the woman and gives it to the state. Right, yeah. and, and and worse is they say it all it takes is a rational basis to allow that to happen. Usually under constitutional law, if you have a fundamental right, which now abortion is not a fundamental right, uh, then you. Under normal circumstances, you have to have a compelling state interest to interfere with that right. But now it's just a rational basis. So they could say our rational basis is protecting fetuses, uh, regardless uh, from the point that's of fertilization. A, that's a big difference. It is. It's a much a, lower standard. Yeah. It's a much lower standard. I don't think people are aware of that change in the standard, which allows a lot of really bad legislation to yeah. enter the uh, 
field of which which we create things. Steve, I'd like to go back to, to sure. one thing that we said earlier, which was that uh, the Attorney General was uh, de- decision was designed to support the Republican Party. I would say that's not exactly true because there are poll after poll and recent polls in Arizona that show that the majority of Arizonans supported Roe v. Wade and were against the Dobbs decision, including Republicans and independents. So I would say it's to a particular part of the base, but it's not, I wouldn't broad brush it to say that it impacted all Republicans because I think there's going to be blowback uh, from a number of Republicans and independents who find this is way too extreme. I, I hope you're right, but I but he was certainly throwing chunks of red meat to the base. Correct. Well, you, that's because he's running for the Senate, and that's who comes out in primaries. He's got a primary ballot. Right. I, I have a close personal friend who lives in the house with me who, who watches <laughs> Judge Judy, and I see all these awful Republican ads. I mean... Uh, they're bashing each other, but they're, they're they're trying to be more extreme. And he seems to have no focus except these, at least in, in running for office. Mm-hmm. What he's saying. So when I looked at the court decision, now folks, don't take mm-hmm. this because I am not a lawyer and would never, I would never try to do it. I would, I would, I would uh, go paint a picture instead. All right, the. Majority argued that there was no historical right in the United States to abortion. They go all the way back to England, to English uh, common law, and that seems to be their argument. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The minority, the three minority uh, opinions, have a very, very different basis for supporting Roe versus Wade. So we could talk about a little bit about that. The, the one is on historical precedent. What bothers me is it, it's a historical precedent when women, black folks, uh, Native American, nobody could vote. You know, it was a very narrow base when the laws were made. So making a, a law based on a country that was very different and had very different legal rules is possible, but it's, it's questionable. So if, can you address the two arguments, the way they've split this decision? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think what they're looking at is sort of this originalist interpretation. And they're saying, well, if it didn't exist when the 14th Amendment, which, you know, uh, guarantees fundamental uh, due process rights for fundamental uh, issues, um, if it didn't exist in 1868, then it doesn't doesn't apply essentially and i don't think i need to remind any of us here that in 1868 we were a much 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 worse country you know at that time you're looking at reconstruction you know slaves were just uh, at the beginning of uh, being free they they couldn't vote they couldn't uh, e- even though um, you know their women couldn't vote all those things so it's just, uh, to me, it's in a, a rather an absurdity to look at that. I mean, interracial marriage was banned everywhere. Contraception everywhere. was banned. Correct. Yeah. Contraception was banned. That was a tradition. Uh, so how can we overcome those in our Constitution, uh, except through the, the, the jurisprudence of the last, I don't know, 80 years has recognized fundamental rights that are not necessarily mentioned in the Constitution? So the decision of the majority, Holly, throws all that out, 
or it dis, it, it downplays it to a well, it's not an important factor anymore, or not. You know, you're looking at logic. I think this 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 decision had an outcome and then found a way to get there, and that way mm. to get there in the rationale of of Justice Alito and and the concurring opinions had a little bit different even though they were voted with the majority, had a little bit different perspective. Um, and I want to talk about Kavanaugh for a minute. But, but before that, they looked for a way to achieve the goal that they wanted. And I don't even think that that makes – it doesn't make any sense. Because it, if you use that rationale, then just like Mick said, you couldn't, you couldn't get to other decisions that they seem to feel are settled law and they're not – pursuing. So I I believe that it, it it just is not common sense. It 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 doesn't it it just I don't know, it's so outrageous. I guess I don't have words to describe it. Uh but in Thomas's concurring opinion, he talked about and and actually he's more logical because yeah. he says, okay, if this is the case, if if these rights are not enumerated in the Constitution, and he agrees with that, and he agrees that they should be, uh, then you have to look at these other cases for contraception that are based on the right to privacy, and they're unenumerated. There's, there's a legal theory called enumerated rights and unenumerated rights, and we can talk about that in a minute. But then he says you have to look at these other cases, same-sex marriage. He doesn't talk about, Private. interestingly enough, yeah. about... about um, uh, his own issues with interracial, he, marriage. interracial marriage because he's married to a white woman. Uh, but he talks about the other ones. Now, Kavanaugh has a little bit of different view. And I wanted to uh, read something from that opinion because Kavanaugh says uh, that that the decision in Dobbs does not threaten or, ca- or cast a doubt on other precedents involving itch, issues such as contraception or marriage. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, you know, relax, we're not going to touch those. N- no rationale for really how you get there other than one difference. One has to do with a life. And so I, I think it's really all about what, what the conservatives say is the right to life which has been an argument for a long time versus the right to choose, the right to control your body, the right to make decisions about your personal health care with your doctor, which was the basis of, of Roe in the first place. So to sum it all up, there's widely disparative views even within the majority as to the implications. And, it, you know, to me, a really fascinating concurrence was Roberts, mm-hmm. who is the chief justice. And he's really concerned about the the credibility of the court going forward. And he basically was saying, wait a minute, we don't have to invalidate Wade uh, or Roe. Um, uh, all we have to do is say that a 15-week ban on abortion after 15 weeks, which was the issue in, in the Louisiana case, or the Alabama case that came up, yeah, we can just say, yeah, that's constitutional. They didn't have to go to this radical extreme of, you know, throwing out 50 years of, of precedent and, and all the other issues. But they issues. did. Mick, they, but yeah, yeah, they did because they there were did. the votes. Remember, he was the sixth vote. There was five other votes 
Right. Roberts is more moderate in mm. in terms of a stare decisis, which we talked about before, settled law. He's much more moderate. He, his his view has been to limit the implications, the the wider application of these cases in lots of cases in the past during his term so he's a conservative in another sense careful or cautious about Mm -hmm. breaking precedences and changing the law and there is a rule of statutory construction and constitutional law that says if if you can reach an opinion without going beyond what the issues are then you will stay within that parameter what's that Uh, called again mick uh a rule of construction is, is what we call them, um, you know, and I'm not sure there's probably a name for that. Specific, there's probably some no, Latin, I, Latin I name the for idea. it. I just had not yeah. heard it. I'm, a, I'm just not a lawyer. So. Yeah, there's lots of rules of construction. And the things that you go by are standards. And in constitutional law, that is one. And so you, you don't, and in fact, you don't even reach a constitutional issue or controversy if, if you can rule based on non-constitutional issues. This but all a, of that might be out the window at this point, you know, right? because precedent doesn't seem to have the same uh, value that it has had over 200 right? And there's still years. the 6-3 right. uh, majority. We don't know what they're going to do, right? And with, with some of the – what yeah. other legislation? Um, well, let's talk about what's coming what the, up. What Congress is doing and what the role of the federal government for a minute before we leave abortion. Yeah. So uh, there were two bills that the House passed recently, and then there was an executive order signed by the president. Okay, so the two bills that the House passed that are in the Senate, uh, the Women's Health Protection Act of 2022, that's aimed at preserving access to abortion, and the Ensuring Access to Abortion Act of 2022 that protects the right to travel to seek access to an abortion. And those went over to the Senate, and uh, they heard the Women's Health Protection Act of 2022, and that failed 4951 to get through cloture, but they needed 60 votes Yeah, yeah, and yeah because of the filibuster. I think one of the things I'm really concerned about is in the future, even though this um, and Kavanaugh is big on saying, wait, hey, we're just being neutral. You know, we aren't pro-abortion or anti-abortion. We just think the state should decide. But clearly he's he's very anti-abortion based on his uh, prior statements and whatnot. But, um, yeah, my concern is that you have a lot of uh, folks in the Republican uh party in the Senate who are looking at a national ban on abortion through federal legislation. So it puts this whole argument of states' rights, uh, turns it on its head. And, and so basically, if Democrats lose both houses, of course, Biden would veto anything like that. But in the future, if we're looking at two over two years from now, if there's a whole Republican sweep, they, I would expect a, a ban, a nationwide ban on abortion. And they might try to get rid of the filibuster to pass it. Let's ask Stephen what what he thinks is going to happen now, because you're really attuned to the politics of of the whole thing. As as well, so let's take a minute out from the law and what do you think of the politics of this situation? Well, as the pundits like to say on the talk shows, there's a lot to unpack here. Um, 
look, the thing about there being a sixth after Donald Trump was elected president, it it was clear to most people that were paying attention that organizations like the Federalist Society and big donors that want to see these rights taken away had basically given Donald Trump a list of judges. Now, to, to follow up on Mick's point that he made before about the hypocrisy about them saying they don't want politics in the court, it was clear that when an outside organization like a think tank is creating a list of judges that they want the new president, who didn't know any of these people and didn't care and was once pro-abortion, uh, pro right. um, at that moment we all should have known and all should have mobilized to, to against what was going to be happening and what, what the plan was exactly happened. They gave Trump a list of judges. He picked the judges. When somebody like Kavanaugh tries to be even-handed, nobody should buy that. I mean, you know, the, the three judges that were picked to the court were, are extreme right-wing judges. And to open up a can of worms, I think if we want to change this, um, especially given the fact that the majority of the country is pro-abortion and pro-women's right to choose, we have to start seriously thinking about expanding the court and getting rid of the filibuster. And if all of these things we're talking about is the Republican Party and the right wing playing, quote-unquote, hardball, and the only way to counteract that is doing the same. Let's take another minute out, uh, mm -hmm. Stephen, and uh, make an announcement. We'd like to thank DOOR, Democrats of the Red Rocks in Sedona, for their support. We really appreciate it. The Yavapai uh, uh, Democratic Party, uh, County Party, has been really supportive of us. And we also thank uh, Steve Segner at El Portal, wonderful pet-friendly hotel. And there's a meeting, Stephen, that you want to announce. Well, it's more like a party. Oh, well, that's better. That's much better. So, uh, so I'm, the, I'm the designated door promotional person. Um, so the Democrats of the Red Rocks are sponsoring an Election Day watch party tomorrow, 7 p.m. at the door office, which is on 105 Roadrunner Drive in West Sedona. There will be refreshments and hopefully a lot of whooping it up when uh, Democratic candidates win these races. So right. if you're interested in uh, joining uh, your fellow Democrats, come to the watch party tomorrow, 7 p.m. at the door office, 105 Roadrunner Drive in West Sedona. So returning to the, mm -hmm. the, the legal decision here, um, precedence is important in law, right? Mm -hmm. You can't well, just start, It used we, to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. But. You know, we had a show and we discussed why the court thought it was so important yeah. to declare the right to privacy in the cases of women's control over over their reproductive activity. The idea that it's the government's idea to mess in these things really kind of worries me. I'm, you know, I was raised Catholic, and I, if I was a doctor, I don't think I would. Uh, perform any abortions unless the, the woman's life it still disturbs me mm -hmm. but the right to be able to do it is a different issue of your personal mm -hmm. feelings about it i think a lot of people feel as i do they're uncomfortable with it but it is something that 
that the alternative of actually interfering, legalizing, punishing people, jailing people for trying to control their reproductive activities, particularly women, of course, yeah. uh, it is very, very disturbing. It seems like the, the wrong way to go. But you guys know more about the law, certainly, than I do. Well, Steve, we didn't even talk about some of the horror stories. We talked about this uh, 10-year-old uh, from Ohio that was raped, and she had to go to Indiana, where it is now illegal to have an abortion after a certain uh, number of weeks. Um, but uh, and, and also, what about miscarriages? There, there are women who have had uh, fetuses without a heartbeat, and as long as their health is not in danger, unless they get sepsis, really bad infections that could kill them, in Texas it's illegal you know, for them to remove that dead, uh, dead uh, fetus. So there, there are lots of things. I'd like to step back just a little bit and look at the overarching thing. I'm wondering what the role of religion is for the justices, because it's not just lim- limited to abortion, but what about school prayer and all these things? And, and I think really what we're seeing is a shift in a larger respect to a right-wing Christian nation. You know, they're, they're, they're not supporting on school prayer, uh, you know, Muslims uh, uh, praying on the 50-yard line or whatever. I mean, it's Christians. And I think, I think you know, you're, you have a hardcore sort of um, uh, uh, cadre of, of Supreme Court justices that are very much motivated by religion. Yeah, and, and that religion is, is Christian, white, right-wing, sort of white nationalist stuff. Yeah. Well, there were two cases decided this term, one that had to do with prayer, and one that had to do with tuition. And uh, the, the tuition case was in Maine. It had to do with the right to receive state funding for religious schools. And, uh, and then the school prayer, which was interesting because it was decided on a certain basis. And in the dissenting opinion, which was written by Kagan, she pointed to where the, the the basis of the decision was in error, and she actually included photos in her dissenting opinion that showed where the majority had actually misquoted, uh, had reached a conclusion not based on the facts. So it's getting very heated in these dissenting and concurring and majority yeah, minority opinion, it's very damaging. Yeah, very but damaging. two cases were decided that promoted um, that that brought the the separation of church and state uh, that made it much closer to where the state could promote religion against mm-hmm. a constitutional amendment. So there, how do you? rectify that that situation i think you're both right i think that's the direction we're heading this is not a single decision this is mm-hmm. a decision and the united states um it wasn't even the united states was founded basically on a very narrow ethnic and religious base it was almost entirely anglicans they were almost entirely from england um and they for all their belief in having a universal rights and stuff, they were they were still locked into their ethnic and, and 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 well even gender. They were all men and stuff. So the United States starts as a as, as a very narrow uh, sociological base, 
And it gradually, over 200 years, has expanded and included mm-hmm. all different kinds of people from everywhere. It seems that this is a move by the court to turn us back into something that we haven't been in, I don't know, when did the, the Scots-Irish arrived here right after the revolution, you know, and, and the English hated them. Mm-hmm. So is we have this chain or replacement of one group of people coming in after another, and I, I, it's appealing. And I, I understand if you believe that your religion is the right religion, then why not make sure everybody else does it? But we learned through, gosh, the, the religious wars in Europe, hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people dying in these things. Those uh, the minorities like the Huguenots fleeing, fleeing to the United States for their lives. Yeah. Uh, well, we, in it, England. We, we haven't stopped with religious wars. I mean, the 20, 20th century had religious wars. The wars that's, that's in, sure. in uh, uh, Bosnia, Herzegovina, mm. and Serbia, those were religious-based wars. Or at least ethnically, yeah. 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 With separate yeah. religions. Yeah. Yeah. We don't yeah. wanna, but they we waved that flag of religion. The yeah. one thing we don't want to do is, here we are, we're kind of uh, at least a little better than the whole mm. world taking us whole. We don't want to go be worse than the whole world taking it all. Well, these Catholic, Catholic countries in, in the last 10, 20, 30 years who are granting women access to abortion and health care right. and South, choice. South America and right. Right. South That's American countries right. and right. Poland and other countries in Eastern Europe mm-hmm. that are that are religious have much more mm-hmm. a, a dominance in, in a religion. Right. So right. Here I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. Here I have a question for you. Around the world, abortion rights are expanding in Catholic countries, non-Catholic countries, Muslim countries traditionally against abortion. Um, and in the United States, we're going the opposite direction. Why? Because the overarching um, plan or philosophy or agenda of a large swath of uh, the, the right-wing Republican, whatever you want to call it, structure is about white supremacy. All the policies, almost all the policies that they pursue has that as the as the as the core as the foundation of it, and what you were saying before about well over the years we became a much more uh, integrated country multiracial country, um, they were okay with that up to a point, but as soon as data started coming out in the last few years about the direction that the country w- was going, whereby I forgot what the year was twenty forty. We were going to, America was going to be majority black and brown and ethnic. That's where the line was drawn. I think and so exactly right. all these policies have been put in place to stop that in its tracks. And, you know, I, I, I wasn't even I, my own my own thought about the white supremacy movement didn't even factor in the Christianity part of it until recently. Mm-hmm. When when it started popping up in the Supreme Court decisions and you've got Congress people like Marjorie Taylor Greene openly talking about ending separation of church and state as we know it. So you layer that factor on and and this is I, I can't think of one policy, maybe climate change um, that they're against. 
that is not that doesn't have white supremacy as its motivating factor, whether it's the right to vote, whether it's abortion, whether it's education. You know, all all of these issues fall under that umbrella. Well, so, I, I so think Mick, there, do you agree with him? Well, I, I think there is a real fear of the demography changing of this country, and that's why they're against voting rights, expanding mm-hmm. voting rights. They're trying to restrict it. Any minority rights, uh, the Supreme Court also has, you know, struck down part of the Voting Rights Act. Um, so basically it's to ensure minority rule for the next several decades because demographically they can't win. Right. Um, but what I want to say is we have a tool in Arizona that we should be using, and that's called the initiative. And since, since abortion rights are supported by the vast majority of Arizonans, you know, we need to get something on the ballot. I know there's something going around. I don't yeah, know what the status of that is. Right I, now, I but, think um, that was too – it was too close Okay. Yeah. To be able, it, there wasn't enough time to gather the, the number of okay. signatures, but I think it it is in process. Yeah. So well, it would we'd go to 2024 as opposed to 2022. Yeah, as long as you brought up Arizona, I wanted to get back to the Arizona politics of this. Um, you know, everybody keeps talking about Arizona is now a purple state, and I guess since we have a Democratic Secretary of State, that's somewhat true. But <laughs> no, it's because we have two. We have two senators, two senators, two senators, two senators, senators and yeah. a majority of congressional right. right. Exactly. Was I, the, that, that was like I uh, forgot about the two senators from hell because <laughs> I, mean, I try not to think statewide. I try not to think of Kristen Cinema, so that's why I forgot. <laughs> <that>. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, well, forget anyway. Her. So I, what I was going to ask it. Let's say for argument's sake that. Katie Hobbs becomes governor. We get a Democratic, um, new Democratic Secretary of State and Attorney General, but the legislature is still red. Mm-hmm. Like, what? What's the dynamic of the of a debate like the abortion abortion in that case? Well, you have a governor that could veto, you know, insane legislation. You have an Attorney General that could say, "Wait." You know, they, they will issue opinions on the constitutionality of something, mm-hmm. and uh, they can weigh in. Um, and the legislature is very close. Right. We're only a couple mm-hmm. of a couple of, of seats away. Right. Yeah. So it's not like it's it's uh, veto proof. Right. So even if they manage to hold the legislature by a couple of seats again, um, they don't. It's not really a lot of clout that they have to. To, to make these draconian things happen, especially if there were Democrats in the governor's office and and, and the other offices. Right. There's no, it's not veto-proof. That's, so this, that's the key. This court decision about abortion is embedded in politics very deeply, right, and in a political movement that's aiming to do something. And it's the embedded in religion. And the judges have been a, are part of that uh, movement. Is that what we're saying? And how much of this is pure legality and how much of it is this political context that Stephen was talking about? Well, I think that the the this originalist theory, mm-hmm. which is which is what most of these Supreme Court justices newly appointed and uh, hold is it really is the literal interpretation of the Constitution. And that's been a long, t- you know, there have been a lot of conservative justices and judges who believe in that and uh and so i think that there is a legal a legal uh, underpinning there's also a religious underpinning i think that's very strong as well so where you said earlier that you were raised as a catholic but you're able to 
separate your religious beliefs from your political beliefs. You could still believe a woman has a right to choose, even if you were a doctor and wouldn't perform uh, an abortion based on your religious beliefs. That doesn't exist. That separation, in my mind, is is getting smaller and smaller, which is why the the court created some some really illogical excuse to overturn Roe. You why know, is it illogical? Because it because they selected a single issue as opposed to a group of issues that were decided under certain standards in the Constitution. We have the Ninth Amendment talk, mm-hmm. is about enumerated on, I talked about this a little bit earlier, but we didn't get to talk about it in detail. The, the right to vote, the right to travel. Mm-hmm. We have these rights. They're not listed in the Constitution, per se. They're rights that we have developed over many mm-hmm. years, the historical rights. And uh, you don't have to have every single right that a citizen has listed in the Constitution to be a right. And that's what the Ninth Amendment says. Exactly. And so I think that 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 was overlooked. Mm -hmm. There are, you know, the due process of law, the, the, the different rights that have been derived from the Constitution have been overlooked in this opinion. And so... uh, those are long-standing principles. Those are long-standing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, grounded legal uh, precedents. We wouldn't be America without them. I mean, we wouldn't be our own country right. without those. And it was that zone of privacy around intimate family decisions, you know, whether, again, whether it's education, whether it's marriage, whether it's uh, consensual sex um, and all that, um, that was year, decades and decades. It way predates Roe. Roe wasn't out of nowhere. It developed even from, you know, the freeing of the slaves and they had autonomy finally over their own bodies. And there was a whole body of law that, that, that started to develop uh, about this autonomy. And conservative justice supported uh, Roe originally. I mean, they, they, yeah. were, yes, they were on yes. the majority side two. of Roe. That's right. Yeah. Well, we've got two minutes left. One of you guys want to sum this up? Or? Well, I've I got a quick question okay. for Holly, and Holly, maybe too, the answer could be too long for the time we have. But um, since, Wait, you're, Stephen, since, you're, since you're the female at the table, we know that there are millions of religious people in the country who honestly believe that a, a child should not be aborted, that it's a human life. So let's assume that. But the power structure, the political structure that is passing these laws, the agenda really is about controlling women. For the, for the same reason that they want to keep minorities out, they would love to see women back in the kitchen, they would like to see them having babies. I mean, as the woman at the table, I mean, don't doesn't that resonate with you? I mean, don't don't would you agree that that's really the agenda? You've got one minute, and if you disagree with him, let him have it. Yeah, let me have it. I I would say that's partially the case, Mm -hmm. that that represents a view of of a certain segment of the population. I don't know if I would go so far as to say it's the primary view, and it's the 
total reason. So that's pretty much the last word. But Stephen, read us the, when the door party is. This is going to be a lot of fun, folks. I Sorry, I called it a meeting. Well, Forgive me. we hope it'll be a lot of fun by the time it's over. But um, the Democrats of the Red Rocks are having an election day watch party tomorrow at 7 p.m. at the door office on 105 Roadrunner Drive in West Sedona. There will be refreshments and hopefully victory chance. That's good. They're important races locally, statewide, and for the legislature. I hope everybody will uh, consider and follow this election closely. It's, it's crucial. We'll be talking about it in the future. You've been listening to Democratic Perspective, brought to you by the Verde Valley Independent Democrats, a weekly talk show focusing on the political issues facing the Verde Valley, Sedona, Northern Arizona, and our nation at large. Catch us every Monday morning after the 8 a.m. news, right here on AM 780 KAZM. It's beautiful out there, folks. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to all the Diamondbacks action right here on 780 AM, KAZM Sedona.